In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Good morning and welcome back. I'm Jake Berry and you're with Talk TV. Today, we're asking you, do you agree with Rishi Sunak's comments that Europe, by the way, that still includes Great Britain, is going to be overwhelmed with migrants? We want to hear from you. Give me a call on 0344 499 1000, text on 87222, or tweet me on X at Talk TV. And just remember, Calls will be charged at your national rate. Text costs you one standard network rate message. Joining me to run through all of the top stories is former Labour advisor, Sela Chandakidu and Madeleine Grant, a columnist at the finest newspaper in the world, <laughs> The Daily Telegraph. In fact, it's a newspaper I read every day. But before we start chatting about it, we've got loads of stories to get through today. But before we start chatting about that, I just want to slightly for our viewers and listeners at home, look forward to what we're talking about at 11, because we have two things. First of all, I get so frustrated when people text into this show. I love it. I love hearing from our audience. We never give it enough time. So in Julia's absence, on a well-earned break, wherever she's <laughs> gone, somewhere very glamorous, I'm sure, I have introduced a new part of the show called The Joy of Text. You have to be quite careful how you say it. Um, <laughs> where we were all... Pay oh, don't laugh. You see, everyone's <laughs> laughing at my jokes. It's brilliant. What a great start to the show. The Joy of Text. And uh, where we'll all pick some text up later in the hour. So keep your text messages coming in. This may be your opportunity to star on Talk TV. And the second thing we are also doing at 11 o'clock is we will go through the best, the worst, the cheesiest, the latest arrival Christmas cards from leading politicians who have all been sending me Christmas cards. And I'm bringing them exclusively to you here on Talk TV. But first of all, before we get to all of that, let's talk a little bit about what's in the news. And, and Stella, Rishi made some pretty punchy comments, I think you could say, at this uh, uh, right-wing yeah. event in Italy. Let's talk about what he said. First of all, he said Britain, or he said Europe, but obviously that includes Britain, is going to be overwhelmed. And then actually, I think rather extraordinary, he said enemies are driving migrants to our shores. Now, you, can you ever remember a British Prime Minister using language like this to describe, you know, to describe this migrant crisis? No, even, even uh, left-leaning uh, people like myself remember fondly David Cameron, the way he used to talk about refugees, which is a, a lot friendlier than the language that Rishi Sunak is using now. I have two points to make on that, yeah. though. One, it is true that sometimes countries will allow my, uh, illegal migrants to flow through to the next country so that they, the problem doesn't stay with them. Mm. And it is something that we have heard happening in other European countries as well. Um, for but example... He, he didn't say that. Let me just remind you of what he said. He said hostile states, not people traffickers, not bad people, hostile states driving people to our shore. So, you know, you say yeah. countries sort of let them go. Letting people go is, isn't the same as saying, you know, they're 
pushing people here, which seems to be what he says. I, I wonder. I wonder what evidence he, he has to say that. I wonder whether he has any evidence, any actual intelligence to make such a bold statement, or whether it's just that he imagined that this is the kind of thing the voters would like to hear. Because also, it makes you seem like a bit of a leadership figure when you say something like that, right? Yeah. Oh, we're being overwhelmed. They're sending all of these people here. Our enemies, my enemies are out to get me. It does make him seem like there is an emergency and the person obviously to solve it is Rishi Sunak himself. However, I want to also comment on the overwhelming migration of Europe. I don't think Europe is about to become overwhelmed by immigration in a practical sense. I think we are being overwhelmed in an emotional sense, in the same way that a teenager would be emotionally overwhelmed when they have exams coming over and they have schoolwork and all of that. Three quarters of a million people coming. Have you tried to get a doctor's appointment recently, Stella? Um, okay. I have, and I have an excellent GP, so I get an appointment. Well, well okay, away, but yes, I mean, yes. so I think I think what he's really saying about yeah. overwhelmed is British Britain's infrastructure, not the people. Yes. But I understand. You know, go on any train, any yes. motorway, try and get a GP's appointment. It does feel like we yes. are straining at the scenes. Look, I'm going to bring yeah. Madeline in because you know, Madeline, pretty punchy language. Uh, do you think Rishi sort of is a is this because we are going into 2024, the election year? Is this sort of the ramping up of this rhetoric? Is it something we're going to see more of? Well, I think he is describing a reality. He is describing unprecedented numbers, the like of which we have genuinely never seen before, even at other times when migration was considered to be very high. You know, under sort of under the John, in the John Major time, it was something like 50,000 net migration a year. Mm. And then it grew significantly under Tony Blair. But the current numbers that are occurring today dwarf all of that stuff. Um, so I, I do think there's a certain amount of reality here. And, and as for the point about language, I mean, David Cameron talked about a swarm of migrants. Theresa May said some pretty fruity stuff and there was the go-home vans and all of that stuff. So I don't think this is really some crossing some kind of terrible Rubicon. I mean, the, I don't really understand what's so divisive about the words overwhelming. It's certainly a lot of people in Britain feel that yeah. us public services and our infrastructure you go down the black dog in crucial booth in Rosendale on a Friday night. This is the sort of language <laughs> and, and actually, people use. And the, also the point about enemies deliberately driving people to our shores. Again, that's nothing new either. I mean, last year, um, Lukashenko in Belarus was weaponizing his border um, mm. to, um, to, to destabilize things in Poland and elsewhere. Um, under Gaddafi, they, there were attempts to blackmail the West by opening Libya to migrants in 2010. And of course, after what happened with the war on Syria, this led to a massive decline in Western solidarity and a temporary suspension of the Schengen Agreement because the numbers coming through Europe were so extraordinary. And this led to great friction within between Western nations. So actually, you know, I, I do think that that is true. And it's something so we're, that... we're being overwhelmed. And also, of course, it, it's always the Western liberal countries that are... Is the direction of migration goes towards these countries. So, so in a way, it's, it's countries like China, North Korea, the, the, the bad countries of the world. This is not a problem they have to contend but, with. It's a problem that's for, for the West, the countries that people actually want to go to. We're going to keep talking about this. Stella, on the issue of language, do you agree with David Blunkett when he said the country is being swamped? I think, I think that's not language I would want to use to not describe language. human beings. I think it's dehumanising and... Um, Frankly, this country is built on so many... Uh, there are so many immigrants that have given so much to this country. I don't think it's fair. Hugely positive yeah. migration. Yeah. Uh, but, you, know, you can have too much of a good thing, I think the British people would say. Look, yes. let's move on. 
Uh, I don't know, uh, Madeline, if you've had the opportunity to read uh, the Daily Telegraph today. As I say, <laughs> obviously, The Times is also a fantastic newspaper. <laughs> I read both uh, and, and all other uh, titles. Um, ben Wallace, like, again. I mean, I think I wonder if there's something in the mulled wine that they're putting in Westminster here. Pretty mm. extraordinary comments that he made. He said, um, you know, uh, Israel is engaging in collective punishment. He said um, Israel is losing its legal authority. He described uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister, as uh, pursuing a killing rage mm -hmm. strategy. Whew. Come on. He's obviously had his Weetabix this morning. But <laughs> is Israel losing the war of words over this, in my view, completely legitimate attempt they're doing to secure their own country? Well, I, th I think what, what Ben Wallace said in the article was that he, he, he supported their right um, to defend themselves. He just felt that they should go about it in a, le a sort of less indiscriminate way. And actually, that view is gaining currency mm. in, uh, around the West and not just in members of the public, but governments and politicians. You know, David Cameron, um, along with his his German counterpart, released a statement um, hoping for some kind of temporary suspension. Is it the language they used was a sustained yes. ceasefire, not the difference between a, a ceasefire and a sustained yes. ceasefire. Yes. I think this is all and, and this is dancing on the head of an international I, pin. I agree. I'm sure there are intricacies, but I, I don't understand them myself. But um, within Israel as well, there's a growing criticism of... of Benjamin Netanyahu, I mean, there's been the... After the killing of those three Israeli hostages who mm. were unarmed, who, who were stripped to the waist and holding a white flag, and also the fact that, whereas there were, there were examples such as the hospital, the Al-Shifa hospital, I think, where everyone initially said that it was an Israeli rocket and it turned out to have been a misfired um, Islamic Jihad rocket, mm. there are many documented cases where Israel has gone for churches and other... Um, we said this week the IDF, which is Israeli Defence Force, found an entrance to a tunnel under a baby's crib. Mm. So, okay, the, so let's the kill challenge, the baby. The, the, the challenge, yes. No, they didn't kill the baby. I'm just but saying they, the challenge for them is that, you know, it, Hamas, a terrorist organisation, is using civilian infrastructure as, like, a human shield. Stella, I mean, look, it matters the language that people use um, about, about this conflict because the world is watching. I mean, someone as senior as Ben Wallace, in fact, I think the longest serving defence minister since the Second World War, to use this sort of language, do, do you think that's the... the he's sort exactly of the, right. Well, he may be right, but is it? let me ask you the question. Before you tell me yeah. that he's right, I'd be very pleased that you do. Do you think this, this very narrow international coalition which Benjamin Netanyahu has managed to pull together, which really, if you look at what happened in the UN last week... Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. America voted against the call for a ceasefire. Britain and Germany abstained. Israel's looking very isolated, isn't it, in, in, in their mission to clear hardly, up Hamas? Hardly a narrow coalition when you have the US, a, a superpower. Yeah, but like in the terms US of the, the family of nations, they haven't got Hardly isolated. Israel is hardly isolated. They have plenty of friends. They continue to have plenty of friends. 
given the situation, no other country would be enjoying the kind of moral support that Israel mm. has been enjoying up until now. I think Ben Wallace is exactly right and he's showing leadership by using the strong language that he is. I'm much more disappointed... But, but you, the use of the word collective punishment is important, which he uses in the article, because actually collective punishment is a war crime. So is he suggesting in this article that Israel is either or is very yes. close to committing war crimes? And he's quite right to suggest that Israel is has either already or is quite close to committing war crimes. I'm not the ICC, so I cannot mm. tell you for sure, but this is what the evidence points. The evidence points to Israel having committed war crimes. We keep on getting more and more evidence coming out of Gaza about that, even though we don't have any more journalists who are not even completely threatened or all who have already died to report what's happening there accurately. But we have plenty of international organizations, and this is the, the evidence we're being given. I think Ben Wallace is quite right on the killing grades because Benjamin Netanyahu is feeling threatened. He's a dead man walking. He should have resigned by now. He hasn't yes. done so. And if there is a ceasefire, then he would be forced to resign. The only reason why he's going on with this... Well, is... uh, hold on, hold on. Hamas could have a ceasefire. Israel has been really clear. Release the hostages, over 100 still held by Hamas, mm. release the hostages, and we will have a ceasefire. Okay, my question is... So it is within is... the control of Hamas to, to Of course to it is, but I'm not talking to Hamas. We are not talking to Hamas. No, no. Uh, Hamas is a terrorist organization. We cannot negotiate. What about with them. all these NGOs who knew about what was going on in the tunnels that's been reported? Over what do you weekend? mean they knew that they knew about the attack? Well, no, they didn't necessarily, but they knew this sort of their arms were being stockpiled by Hamas in the tunnels. They, As did they, Israel. So... Israel also knew about this. There is there is evidence that Israel knew that there was a threat of an, yeah. of an attack on the seventh of October, and they did nothing. So who did you expect exactly to defend the Israeli people? The Israeli government or international aid organizations. Mm. I think it was the responsibility of the Israeli government well, do you, under Netanyahu. Do you not think those aid organizations... No, it's, it may be a bit of a controversial point, but do you not think those international organizations should have told the government of Israel if they knew of the... You the, think the, international the aid organizations had better intelligence... No, no, no. I'm, I'm asking whether if they knew about the stockpiling of weapons, they, were, they should have been obliged to give that information over Do to you them. think they had information that the Israeli government didn't? Well, I, I don't, you, I don't are think Are you seriously telling me that Moshad had less information than ActionAid? Well, but everyone knew that the Shiva Hospital was being used, for example. That what? Well, the, the Shiva Hospital, people knew that there was a tunnel under there. Yeah, they took hostages through it, yeah. I think. Yeah. But look, anyway, um, I, I, look, I'll be completely honest with you. I don't think Ben Wallace is right. I, well, he's a very, very good friend of mine. I'm sorry if you're watching Ben, we know you often do. Uh, but I think you I... have got a bit far. Because what we didn't say, for example, in the Second World War, is when we did the landings in D-Day, we didn't say, well, actually, we're beginning to win, so let's have a bit of a rest so Hitler can regroup. Or, you know, um, and, I, and I think Israel have to go. And they have, to some extent, changed their tactics with more targeted tunnel clearing. Look, we're going to have to move on to... Um, Michelle Moan, who has this weekend. So let's remember Michelle Moan, the um, ladies' underwear multi-multi-millionaire who is recognised for her extraordinary contribution to business. She is an amazing business uh, woman. And she was put in the House of Lords by David Cameron. But since then, uh, she has been involved with uh, her husband, who has a business called, that was supplying medical equipment during the COVID pandemic, a PPE. And there is a series of investigations into her and her husband, what they knew when, what they disclosed. But they have come out swinging over the last week, and they have done a massive P 
PR blitz, including interviews and and uh, and things like that. Uh, well, we can have a quick look at one of their interviews in their PR blitz. They've come out swinging. Let's have a look what they've got to say. I don't honestly see there's a case to answer. Um, I can't see what we've done wrong. Um, Doug and the consortium have simply delivered a contract, a delivery contract of goods. But after everything, you can't see what you've done wrong when you've admitted today that you lied to the press and That's by extension you lied to the public. You, Laura, saying to the press not I'm not involved to protect my family, can I just make this clear? It's not a crime. God, you've got to love Laura Koonsberg, haven't you? Those eyebrows tell you all you need to know. She was about to get out the smallest violin in the world and start playing a lament for Baroness Moan. Has this PR blitz, Madeline, worked <laughs> over the weekend? Is it, are they in a better space now than they previously were? I think they're in a worse space than they actually were because um, prior to this, it was often mentioned, but now it's, we're talking about it now, whereas we probably wouldn't have been had it not been for this extraordinary interview when she goes on and basically says... I lied to protect my family, therefore it wasn't really lying. I mean, I'm, I'm the victim, if anything. I mean, it, the whole thing's always stank to high heaven. The idea that you would make from a contract worth £200 million a £60 million profit is, was always complete insanity. Um, but I, and actually, there was, a, you know, there was a great deal of this during the pandemic. Um, but actually, if it hadn't been for these interviews, we'd probably still be talking about Captain Tom's daughter, which was of much smaller magnitude oh. of grift. And, and, and Stella, the Labour Party has said that they're going to have a sort of a, uh, a commission into trying to claw some of this money back. Now, I suspect, unfortunately for the British taxpayer, money has been lost, has been lost. And it's a, I think in this case, it's gone through a series of complicated corporate structures and may now no longer be within Britain. Quite a lot of it uh, is alleged to have gone offshore. Labour's commission on PPE contracts, do you th I mean, do you think they'll get any of this cash back that has gone on these... Contracts which I mean, haven't delivered. We are delivered. talking about possibly tens of billions of pounds that have been lost mm. in, in in this situation. Not not specifically with uh, billions, really. That yes. much. I, 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 that's tens of billions. It's probably not tens of that's, billions. It's I, probably hundreds of billions high. at least. I, 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 um... But, I mean, the real question is, I actually think the yeah. Labour Party's doing a good... I, I think this is a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I may be a Conservative MP, but I think the Labour Party is... Yes. Spot on the yes. money with this, because actually the British taxpayer wants its money back if mm -hmm. it's been wasted. Mm -hmm. do you, do you exactly, and we're talking about you're talking about a situation where you have all of these incredibly funding gaps, both in national and local government, and then you're you're hearing about all of this amount of money being wasted, mm -hmm. and people will be extremely upset. I mean, I have every sympathy for anyone who wants to protect their family from the media. Okay, sure, fine, but. I'm not exactly going to cry over Baroness Moan mm. um, and reaching herself during one of the toughest periods of time for the country and for the whole world as a whole. I was reading somewhere that on their Instagram, on her Instagram, on her husband's Instagram, she posted a photo of them on a yacht saying, business is um, hard, but it is rewarding. And this is her husband's yacht, or I don't know whose mm. yacht it is, but people will be looking at that and they will be thinking, wait a minute, we were not able to go to the hospital to be with our dying relatives yeah. while you were enriching so, yourself. So this really picks up on this. This has been a, a PR catastrophe. Yeah, I, yeah, think. Yeah. I, I ask you, look, my view is it's been an Andrew absolute disaster for, for Baroness Moan. 
and her other half. It's from the same drawer as Prince Andrew's interview uh, in, in terms of making things much, much worse. Let's move on to a really big issue now. Now, I'll tell you, friends at home, I put this jacket on which uh, this morning and I am slightly struggling to do the buttons up, which is the reason <laughs> my buttons are not done up on screen. And this is because, like the British people, I am fighting the battle of the bulge, as we learn on the front page of today's Times, that 3,000 people a day, yes, not a week, a day, end up going to hospital because they are struggling with obesity. Madeline, what is this obesity pandemic linked to? Is it the fact that we don't do much exercise or is it the amount of sugar that we're seeing in, in foods? What, do, do you have any idea what it is? I think it's, it's actually, people often downplay the importance of exercise. You have a lot of diet gurus will say, often when they have a book to sell, they will say, actually, exercise doesn't make much difference at all. But actually, all the studies suggest that we now consume fewer calories than we did in the 1970s and yeah, before particularly that. Particularly during the war. Yes. People, people talk people about austerity 3, 000, and the, rationing. Yeah. They had lard with everything. The, 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 the war ration was something like 3,000 calories a day, and that was just for a normal person. I mean, really, I, I think that we've moved a lot of jobs that were once done physic, physical manual labour, oh. even kind of blue-collar type jobs are often actually in practice well, even if you, kind if of you like work you, you know, if you're working site. in a call center for example in, a few decades ago you might have been more likely to do okay. something involving physical activity i think that has a huge role to play and of course the pandemic didn't help because we locked people in their homes and often prevented them going outside mm -hmm. more than once a day yeah, Stella, quickly, what do you think? The Battle of the Bulge, are the Brits going to win it? Uh, you are we know what, win? Jake? I, 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 I stopped drinking alcohol for the last couple of months and I've lost two kilos already. Wow. Yeah. Well, okay. there we go. On the run-up to Christmas, top tip, one. if you want to win the Battle of the Bulge, give up the booze.